everyone and welcome to another Bible study here at One Love Live at Love Walk and I am your host Leela Winston. I pray that you are well continuing to bless in your life. As you know we come together to read in the Word of God so that we can study it and then practically apply it to our lives and also to learn the purpose of our lives and enact that in the earth. And so guys, I want to thank you so much for joining me today. I pray that you're well. Um, I want to encourage you again that if you have free time and you're able to help with transcribing Bible studies into print form, which is helpful because then people can translate them into other languages so that they can read them themselves, I would really appreciate that. So please feel free to contact me um, if you're on one of the platforms because this uh, Bible study is widely um, published through different platforms so you might not be able to contact me on certain platforms so the best way if you want to reach me is to go to lovewalk.substack.com if you go there you can actually leave me a message and you'll be sure that i can get it so i would probably suggest that you would leave messages at substack even before Anchor FM. Um, so guys, also too, as you guys know, Anchor FM has changed and it's making some changes. So that means that um, the uh, funding that we usually got, which was actually really small, um, is actually going away. So your support really does matter. So if, you're, if you listen to this podcast at any time, I want to encourage you to go ahead and support. You can do that by going to paypal.me forward slash Leela Winston. So I want to thank you so much. I think we got that housekeeping out of the way um oh yeah and one more thing uh we were supposed to have bible studies at the end of uh, december of 2022 but you know how it is um during holiday season so that just wasn't workable i apologize guys but we are going to work that out i have some plans in the works for that so i want you to be patient about that so let's go ahead and jump into today's Bible study. Thank you for being so patient with me for the um, housekeeping. Uh, today we're going to talk about something that um, I think uh, is really at the heart of our belief as Christians, as believers. Um, and I think it's really imperative for us to understand how this works because, you know, I think you might have different extremes of how people view it. And God really has this really nice little happy medium that's actually really kind of easy to, I won't say it's easy to understand, but it's practical. So let's turn to our anchor text, which is Romans chapter 7, verse 12 to 14. Not a long um, anchor text, but it gets to the heart of what we want to talk about. And it says, wherefore the law is holy, and the commandment holy, and just and good. Was then that which is good made death unto me? God forbid. But sin, that it might appear sin, working death in me by that which is good, that sin by the commandment might become exceeding sinful. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. Now, we've all read this a thousand times. Um, maybe we haven't. I don't know. But, you know, you're probably comfortable with it if you're a believer and you've been in church for maybe like five years or something and you've heard it before. Um, but if this is your first time, welcome. Um, and, you know, when you read this, you kind of when you read it, you really see how you couldn't keep the law because the law is spiritual. And I think that's when we're reading this and I think it's something that we have to point out when we talk 
you know, the Bible, when we talk about the gifts of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, these are spiritual things. And as believers, I'm sorry, not as believers, but as humans who had fallen, there is this gap of spiritual understanding, connection, everything that occurred when we fell. So I think it's important to know that it says specifically in Romans chapter 7, verse 4, for we know that the law just words people <laughs> their spirit right and you know jesus you know he his words are spirit in life so i think it's important for us to understand that we really couldn't keep the law because the law is spiritual and that we are carnal without christ in the indwelling of the holy spirit and paul literally says that in romans chapter 7 verse 12 and 14 for we know that the law is spiritual but i am carnal sold under sin so I think that's so huge. I think a lot of time we think that because, you know, um, we become Christians, then the law doesn't apply. Well, now we're spiritual, so we can do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And the reason you couldn't do it was because you didn't have anything. You were not connected to the spiritual. And so you couldn't keep the law because the law is spiritual and you are carnal without Christ and without the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. The lights are out in our little... A store or at our temple or whatever so jesus said in john chapter 6 verse 63 and i just want to underscore this that his words were spirit and life how can a man whose spirit is dead and i want you to ask this question of yourself just for personal reflection but how can a man who is dead obey commands that are spirit and life it's, it's nearly impossible it's like pulling a, yeah, I don't know, you, it, it's almost impossible, you know, when you really stop and think about what he's saying, because a lot of times we kind of just gloss over a lot of these verses. Yes, his words are, oh, hallelujah, and you know, uh, the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin, but these are actually connecting together. He's literally telling you something. He's, he's telling us, hey, the law is spiritual and you were disconnected and so you couldn't do it and so how can a man and i'm just gonna put this question out there think about it <laughs> share it with a friend but how can a man whose spirit is dead obey commands that are spirit in life jesus christ went in the fullness of the holy spirit to follow every word that proceeds from the mouth of god because he had the spirit to do it. If you can just remember when the spirit descended on him, it didn't go, it didn't leave, it didn't fleetingly come. Many times throughout the Bible we read where the spirit dwelt and it left, it came and it went. This is a time where you get to keep it. And we actually see that um, at Pentecost. Those flames, they didn't just go away, they, they remained, they remained. And so I think that's something we have to remember, that Jesus Christ went in the fullness of the Holy Spirit to follow every word that proceeds from the mouth of God because he had the Spirit to do it. Matthew chapter 4, 4, it says that now we, just like him, can have a choice. Let's look at what it says. But he answered and said, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. How can you live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God if you're carnal? It's going to be difficult for you to do it in a voluntary way. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, God's going to get his will. 
in the earth and so therefore certain things are bound to happen and we know that but in terms of you trying to walk this line of holiness and righteousness before christ before the indwelling of the holy spirit was just absolutely impossible so love is the fulfillment of the law because love is god who is a spirit i think that's so cool when you really think about it that is why love is the fulfillment of the law because love is god and he is a spirit and love is a fruit of the spirit which means love is a spirit and it has the capacity to act according to the law not follow it i think this is so huge to get the spirit is not acting you know trying to follow the law it's acting like the law because that is what it is that is what it means to love it means to do no harm to your neighbor it means to you know um have just go look at the fruits of the spirit go look at what love actually means in first corinthians chapter 13 a lot of people say well love is not enough because the person needs to you know uh, want to be uh respectful they have to be you know thoughtful they have to well that's all encapsulated in love love isn't puffed up love vaunteth itself not love bears all things love love never fails and i think that's the thing i mean i feel like this trumpeter for love because i think love is greatly underrated in the world we think of romantic love we think of romantic love we think there are more than one kind of love we think there's agape we think there is eros we think there is uh what is the other one philip phileo (laughs) you know brotherly love we think there's all these different kinds of love but in the hebrew context the context from which we draw our understanding of god there is only one love i love that there is only one love in the hebrew context There aren't all these many different kinds of loves because I think we make a mistake when we think there are all these different kinds of loves that you can say, well, you know, this person loves me in the filial way and so that's a kind of love and then this person loves me in the God kind of way and so that's a kind of love and, you know, and then this person loves me in the arrows kind of way. No, no those different kinds of love is a historical context from greek culture it has absolutely nothing to do with the biblical concept of love there's actually only one word for love in the bible when it comes to the hebrews but in greek you know obviously he used it whoever was writing it you know they used it in different ways because for the greek context they had a lot of different kinds of love people they were doing some interesting stuff um, you know, back in the times of Greece, uh, when Gre- in the time when Greece was growing and it was an empire, you know, there was love between men and women. There were love between men and men. There was love between men and children. You know, things like, you know, pedophilia, these were fine back in, in Greek times. You know, they would have orgies and so they had to have names for the feelings that you felt for, let's say, an animal <laughs> or another person of your own gender or a child like these things were okay in those times and i think that sometimes if you look at the scriptures through the eyes entirely of you know the greek um translation you will think that there are different kinds of loves and that's just not true i think it's nice that the writer in the um new testament used these different kinds of loves but the bible isn't saying that the point is that love does naturally what the law says physically that's what you have to get love does naturally 
what the law says to do in a specific way, right? This is why the law is perfected in Christ. And this is what we have to understand, you know. Oh, well, you know, we're trying to get to some point where the truth is, is that being like Christ, you're going to love. If you're literally going to be like Christ, if you're growing in Christ, you're going to evidence love. It's a fruit. And that is why I always say, look for the fruit. And that is what the Bible says. I'm not saying this. I didn't come up with it. I wish I did, but I didn't. This is written in the Bible. And it says, and and this is why the law is perfected in Christ. This is why he did not come to abolish the law. And that's something we have to understand because a lot of times we think, well, oh, well, now that I'm a Christian, the law is abolished. No, he said he didn't come to do that. He said not one jot or one tittle, as they say back in the the old, old English. He said not one will pass away. And that's in Matthew chapter 5, verse 17 and 18, because the law is love. It is a picture of what love looks like. And I think that's the point that we have to understand. The law wrote this stuff down so you knew that if you weren't doing these things, you were acting against love. And that was sin. And God is love. In fact, it's by love that we know you will keep the law. Makes a huge thing because people are trying to keep every little piece of the law. When if you're if you are living in Christ and you're studying and you're trying to be more like the Lord and automatically do it, it's not going to be something that you're just going to automatically do it. Let's look at Mark chapter 17 and 18 because you guys know everything from Scripture. So it says, "Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to." Verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law. That's Matthew chapter 5, verse 17 and 18. And incidentally, those are words directly from Jesus Christ. So I don't know what anyone else is saying, but this is what Jesus Christ said, right? He's saying it's not going to pass away, right? It's, it's not till heaven and earth pass away. So you, you've got this law forever until the end of the world, right? So until we're waiting for Christ to come and, you know, make our new bodies and all this wonderful thing, all these wonderful things, we have to be honest about the fact that the law isn't going nowhere. It isn't going anywhere because it is a picture of what love looks like. And you don't need to know the law if you have love. That's really it. Like you don't have to tell me, don't hit people in the face because I have love. You know what I mean? Like, don't go around calling people names. You don't have to tell me that because I have love. It is the love of God that's going to inform your heart. If you're reading his word, if you're studying it, if you're renewing your mind, then you're not going to be walking around seething at people. You're not going to be walking around thinking, I need to say something nasty. I need to do something. No, because you're going to be um, renewing your mind, you're going to be changed day by day. Remember, you're already a new creature in terms of the spirit. But now we have to get to that point where we renew our mind, which is a part of the soul, right? You don't need to know the law if you have love. And we don't know all of love because we've fallen so far from it. You know, there's this conversation about trauma and all of this and, you know, sort of being accustomed to trauma and a toxic life. Well, unfortunately, as humans, 
We have lived and we have grown up in a world without love and without God, right? Like, all I can say is like, you know, and you know, my parents were um, Christian, but I can honestly tell you, I truly felt like I was loved. But I think you need to understand, like, there are plenty of people who are living in some very interesting households where things are going on in a, in a way where you really don't know if your parents love you. And so it is easy to question whether God loves you. And I think that we all have places where we need to shore up in terms of love because our parents can't do everything and our parents weren't perfect and we live in an imperfect world and no one has perfect love except for Christ at this point. We're getting to perfect love, but we're not there yet. So you're, you have places that need to be, you know, patched up with God's love. And I have places that need to be patched up with God's love. And we do that by renewing our mind. We do that by pray, prayer. We do that by meditation. We do that by fasting. We do that, you know, by um, supplication. We have to take these, these steps so that we can get ourselves to the point where we're not looking at the law saying, oh wait, the law says I shouldn't do that. Okay, let me not do that, right? They didn't need to know if, they didn't need to know it if by nature they did what was right. You know what I mean? And, and I'll, I'll, I'll say this about Adam and Eve is that that's one of the reasons why Adam and Eve were without knowledge and without a law. The only law God gave them was don't eat from the tree. He didn't say put clothes on. He didn't say, Adam, don't look at Eve. He didn't say any of that. He didn't tell them how to do anything. The only thing he said was don't eat from the tree. And they didn't need to know because if by nature they did that which was right, what is the point of telling them? And that is what Satan knew, and <laughs> that he tricked them good. Honestly, sometimes I think about that and I'm just like, oh, he got him good there. It was because of their connection to God that they kept all of the law. That's the point. And let's try to think about it like this. And this really kind of might create a picture for you. Imagine, just imagine this, if I told you to wave your arms up and down and to squawk, and squeal and eat seeds and lay eggs, you know, you might struggle to do that. You know, you might struggle because the, the reason you're going to struggle is because you're going to struggle to do what a bird does naturally, right? The bird can easily do these things, but you can't because that's not naturally who you are. That's not naturally what you are. And so that is why God had to change our nature. That is why we fight against our flesh and that we will be fighting against our flesh until the day that we pass away because of this change that is there that happened because of the fall. And so I don't have to co coach a bird on how to act like or to be a bird. You know, coaches are out there in the world. You know, they coach people on certain things. They literally coach people to be things that they're not. That's the point. I'm going to coach you to be something. That is why you need a coach because that's not what you are. So you have to train for it. If by nature, that's what you were, you wouldn't need a coach to do it. And I'm not talking against coaching. I think that's fine. I think it has great utility, but I'm trying to say is, is that things that you do naturally, like nobody has to coach me <laughs> on how to be a woman. 
on how to have a period. <laughs> you know what I mean? On, you don't have to tell me how to do that. I got it. I absolutely got it. <laughs> and that's the point I'm making is that like people don't have to coach you on what you are. That's just what you are. And I think we can see some applicability here when we think about purpose. I'm not saying that, you know, you can't be helped in the faith. And I think support from other people who carry your foremost gift or gifts that you have is useful. But in terms of the purpose that God has for your life, like there's nobody out there who can coach you on that. They can give you some tips on things where you guys have things in common. They can give you wisdom. Uh, the Bible says that iron sharpens iron, which means that a good friend who is, you know, in the Lord can really help you out. Uh, a strong believer. I mean, honestly, I can't tell you how many strong believers have made my life, like literally. And that's true, but I, people really can't tell you how to do your purpose. Like they can tell you some things, but God has a purpose all his own for you. And so what I'm trying to say is that we don't have to coach birds on how to act like birds, right? And I don't have to coach, you know, a dog on how to be a dog. They just naturally do it. But if you have to act like something you are not, then you need a set of rules to help you do it. Like when I coach you on being a chicken, I have to say, okay, what you need to do is you need to squawk now. <laughs> okay, you need to flap your arms now. Okay, you need to eat this. Those are rules. And that is what the law was. The law was trying to get us back. It was telling us in um, a sort of rule-based way what we were supposed to be, what we had been created to be, to live in love with God who is love all of the days of our life. And that is why love is so important in this world. You want people to respect you. If that person has love, they're going to do it. If you want someone to stick in there with you and hang in there with you, love is going to do it. Love is always going to do what is the highest good for you and that person. And because it's love, love has to love the love has to love the person who loves you, which means that love isn't going to allow them to just hurt themselves for you. You know, you understand like love isn't going to have them just hurt themselves for you. Now, there is sacrificial love, but not this tormenting love. We see some of the most worst cases that people are calling love because someone is just being tortured by another person. How can you love that person if you don't love yourself enough to not let them torture you? You know, I mean, I think we have to look at the practicality of love, the all-encompassing nature of love. The law of love means that I have to love me too. I can't just love you. And you have to, and if you have love, then you want me to love me too. That's what's so beautiful. That's why I think, you know, when it comes to Christians, they make a great example of what love is because not only are you loving the other person you want them to love themselves too not just love you like honestly if if you being with me hurts you then I don't need it like that is why I'm very truthful like my family will tell you and people who know me will tell you I'll just tell you how it is if you don't love me or like me after that it's okay
The point is, is that I love you enough to tell you the truth, even if that means we are no longer friends, even if that means you get angry at me, even if that means you don't like me anymore. It's okay, my love is greater for you than even my desire to be your friend, to be your love, to be in your life. I want the best for you and that's what love does. Love is the highest good. And this is what we see when it comes to love versus law. The question is, are you becoming love? We are supposed to be like our Father in heaven. He created us in His image. And guess what? He said that He was love. The Bible says that He was love. The Holy Spirit helps, but it requires obedience. And that is not always easy. And so that is what the law does. It's just a picture of what love looks like. People think the law is just so evil. It's such a, it's telling you do not do this and do not do that. No, the love is telling you, the law is showing you what love looks like through rules. But God, he came and showed you what love looked like through actions, through being that. So Christ came to help us be love to be that, to show us what it looked like to be that without following a rule book, that that love came authentically from our heart. And that is why we wanna be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, whose, whose uh, branches wither, don't wither, and fruit does not fail. The fruit that you give, the love, the fruit of the spirit, these are things that are gonna nurture the people in your life. If, and, and really people who are producing that kind of fruit, those are the people I want in my life because that means they're connected to the Spirit, the river of the Spirit of God that runs deep in the, in the Spirit of man. And so I pray that this Bible study has been helpful to you. I hope that it blesses you. If you have a chance, please read Romans chapter 7, verse 12 and 14. It just blessed my soul. And understand the reason we have trouble fulfilling the law is because the law is spirit. And that's why we have to learn about the spirit as well. Remember, the Bible says that, well, calls God the father of spirits. So it's really important for us to understand what is going on on that plane. I pray that this helped you. I pray that it blessed you the way it blessed me to really put more focus and emphasis on love and what love really means and not the Greek emphasis and understand what God means to be like him, becoming love. I pray that God blesses you. Bye.